Live from the horrible Huntington Beach hellhole. Coming to you from the riot free zone in Orange County. That's pretty good. <laughs> Changing it temporarily. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Uh, there's too many middle class homeowners living here. Although the craziness made its way over to Santa Monica, it's a lot of money over there. Yeah. Crazy. Well, we got about 90 days until Joe Rogan is basically off the air. No, it was supposed to be... I thought the, the transition was at the end of the year. September, right? Well, that's, I think, when the, uh, that's, I think, when he moves over to Spotify, but I think he's still going to be on YouTube till the end of the year. Okay, I thought September was the cutoff because I wanted to scrape all of his old, uh, his old videos. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think he's going to be exclusive to Spotify till the end of the year. But Spotify, I don't think you're going to have to pay to listen to him. Spotify is free. Spotify's free tier is actually pretty good. It's just you have ads and you can only shuffle your playlists. You can't. That is not a um, podcast. I don't know how the podcasts are going to work exactly, but you're still popping, by the way. That's not a podcast. The podcast is just a RSS feed with an MP3. So I should be able to paste that into anything. And I have a feeling they're going to kill that off. Well, it's like they said on No Agenda. It makes sense that he's moving to Spotify because YouTube, they he could have one guest on there that says the wrong thing, and he could be completely deplatformed. Yeah. So I understand the move, and he's getting a boatload of money from it. I mean, you can't blame him. If you were going to get offered a $100 million contract to do something like that you would take it too yeah i hope he made a ton of money that would make it worth so, it and he has jobs and well not job security but he has uh he has uh obligations has, on a boss yeah yes but also i'm pretty sure when he signed that agreement with them that he could do or say whatever he wants on that on that platform. Because as far as I know, Spotify isn't run by complete leftists like YouTube is. As far I, as I know. I, I wouldn't count on that. They've got investors. A lot of them are activists. I Who think knows? that's I think that's a big uh big letdown, big change for the internet. He was the source of a lot of good content. Yeah. Well I'm a Spotify member, so I'll continue listening. Well, I just canceled um Apple Music. I'll probably have Good to subscribe you. again at some point in the future, but I'll I was probably... never that. Im 
I was never that impressed with Apple Music. For what it costs a month, you're... The pricing's the same. But the difference between Spotify and Apple Music is Apple Music limits to, uh, I think, uh, what is it, 300? What, what is AAC's? Is it 128K? What's uh, the... It's 256. Are you sure, though, through Apple Music, that's what it streams at? Anything through iTunes is... 256. That, yeah, but that's iTunes. What's Apple Music is... I'm pretty sure it's 256. With AAC, you won't hear any degradation all the way down to like 96 kilobits. Okay. It's not likely, at least. Especially if it's a stereo encoding. I think Spotify's... No, mono either, encoding. Spotify's is either the same or more than that. Because they have their premium... Whatever you get with premium when you pay for it, because there is no free tier for Apple Music. That's why it's not even competitive. And that's why Spotify is still number one. Because Spotify has, at least has a free tier. But I don't know what Spotify's free tier is. It's probably MP3 quality. Which, what is that? It's more than... Uh, it's no, they encoded it. No, MP3 has a uh, a standard though. It's like... It's whatever you encode it at. Up to 320 would be the most for MP3. I thought it had a limit below that. No, I've got stuff from in 320 from the 90s. What's CD quality? Like, what is CD's uh, bitrate? Um, that... It's not encoded in a bit rate per se. It's uncompressed, like uh, PCM or wave audio that's uh, 16-bit and 44.1 kilohertz. Okay. So I don't know what that so would equal the, in terms of... You don't of, know what the bit rate is? No. It's about 700 megs per hour. So, I don't want to do all that math, but it's like uh, 11.6 megs per minute. So, keep doing that math and you'll, you'll get there. Okay. Why? Just curious. I've been using, I don't know if I brought it up, I got a uh, four-month introductory thing with title t-i-d-a-l it's as far as i know the only uncompressed uh music streaming service that you listen and to over bluetooth you well i listen to it over bluetooth but you can use headphones but you can only do uncompressed audio when you're on wi-fi which to me is stupid because Especially now that we're going into like 5G. I mean, for, for LTE already had the bandwidth to be able to do uncompressed audio. Why would they limit that to only Wi-Fi? Anyway, I digress. I mostly listen over Wi-Fi anyway, so I'm getting the lossless versions of what I'm listening to. But yeah, since I've been using my... AirPods almost exclusively. I'm getting it's compressed anyway because it's going over Bluetooth. 
but I got a good deal. It was like four bucks for four months. When the service normally costs for like the hi-fi version of the service, which I'm getting right now, costs like $20 a month. So they have an iOS app? Yes. I'm looking for it. Yeah, I'd be interested in looking into that. That I don't think that promo exists anymore, though. I signed up for it over a month ago. Yeah, I found it. Do they have a big selection? They. It's funny because generally, yes, they do have a big selection, but there are some weird exclusions. For example, Metallica, they don't have any Metallica content. And I think it's because they probably couldn't get some deal with them to have their stuff on there. Other than that, everything else I've been trying to find they have. It would have been cool to listen to some 80s Metallica in lossless format, but oh well. Yeah. I found a, it was like a comparison website of watermarks in music for um, streaming services where they don't have DRM. Like, I think streaming on Apple Music has a DRM, but when you buy iTunes purchases, it doesn't. Something like that. Uh, even though the stuff may have DRM, I'm pretty sure they still watermark it. And it turns out, in this comparison test on their website, you can hear the watermarks in well over half the content. When you say hear them, what are you referring to? So like, is it uh, you know like what? artifacts or something in the audio? Or Yeah, I might still have that tab open. Because I know what they used to do um, back in the Napster days. Um, to prevent piracy, I don't know how they did it, but they would, you would know when you were listening to a pirated version of a song because there would be little breaks in the audio at random parts in the song that you wouldn't have heard otherwise. So when you say watermark, that's, I guess that's what you're referring to. No, it's actually a hidden pattern of static or something. Huh. Okay, I found it. I think I can get this to play through so you can hear it. I hope it's not loud. You hear that? Yeah, I hear it. Okay, that's it. Yeah, so I would like listen when I was like in middle school when Napster was still a thing, I would download like Metallica and Megadeth and there would be certain songs that they would have where static would happen randomly in the middle of the song. Yeah, but you don't hear it. No, I would actually hear it. Yeah, but you, like, you don't really hear it in a watermarked piece of audio. Like I'll play an example on the site. Okay. Th- that's original, and I'm going to just cut seamlessly over to the watermarked version. 
saw it. It's way too loud. Okay, when yeah, I cut I over, hear it. you can't hear the difference. Like I switched between the two, and you can't really hear it. Um, this is also extra compressed. But when you listen to this original, I'll put it in the show notes. Bringyourwallet.com/frontier and the episode number. Check your podcast; it'll have the episode number there. Um, or you could just swipe over on the art. A lot of times, the album art. This link will test you to see if you can hear the difference. And I only missed four out of sixteen. It's pretty good. My hearing's shot though, so I would probably fail that test badly. What else? My AWS bill was over $600 last month. Congratulations. <laughs> that's the that's the cost that you have to eat when you don't have proper backups in the first place. When you have proper backups, you avoid that. It was just a So dumb that mistake. was all that was all um um it was all transfer. Yeah, transfer. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. Ouch. Yeah. I was transferring basically ten terabytes. They do um they do payment plans to their billing, don't they? No. It's every I month. was reading that they do. Like they if you get like some like if you get caught off guard by the billing and you just tell them that you can't afford to pay that lump sum. They will work out a billing plan with you, like okay. a, a monthly plan. So, I mean, six hundred eighty dollars is a lot, but that's not exactly like, you know, it's not clearing out your bank account. So, but let's say you get a bill for like two grand, one month. Then, yeah, then maybe you would want to look into that. Yeah. Hopefully you're making that. <laughs> At least that. If you're hosting services that cost you that much. Otherwise yeah. you've over-provisioned. I also set up a local TrueNAS, uh, TrueNAS Core, which is their free NAS product. It's actually the one that's going to replace FreeNAS. But then I think... You or somebody else linked me to an article about um, the IX Systems company that makes FreeNAS and TrueNAS that they want to make a Linux version called TrueNAS Scale. Wasn't me. Yeah, I think it was Roadhouse. So, and, but that would be uh, that would still be BSD, right? No, Linux. Oh, so it'd be Debian. Yep. Huh. They just happen to be. Well, when you say Linux, Debian. I mean that it's. I mean BSC technically is Linux, isn't it? No. I mean it's Unix, but it's. And Linux. Yeah, you're right. Is you're right. It's it's Unix. Not Unix. Yeah. It's Unix like. Yeah, you're um, right. Yeah, TrueNAS. It's going to be called TrueNAS Scale or something. So it's not out yet, and. It seems like it's really designed for something that I don't do, which would be something that requires a uh, 
what do they call that? A shared file system. Which is actually a new feature of AWS. You can mount a single disk across multiple instances and uh, they can share the same data set. But you need to so, run something like GlusterFS. The uh, the stuff that you're running in AWS is that uh, Amazon, uh, their Linux, or are you running? Is it all BSD? Uh, it used to be. It's all Ubuntu or plain Debian. Yeah, because the the Amazon uh, Linux costs more, doesn't it? For to run no. there. No, it's free. Going with uh, Amazon Linux is really smart but my whole life is tailored and all my tools are tailored around bsd and debian based distributions so uh, amazon linux is red hat linux the red hat enterprise linux and i don't have any tool sets built for rel plus i think yum is slow dnf is sort of slow because it's essentially yum but DNF okay. is apparently a really cool replacement to Yum. Um, Amazon Linux is great because it's got 10 years of support. 10 years. Yeah, it's nice. Your whole life could change. You could have you could have multiple kids in that amount of time and not have to Linux, upgrade it. Amazon Linux is uh Ubuntu or is Linux though. It's uh Debian based, right? No. It's BSD. It's a red hat. Well, are okay. you reading your phone? No. It's uh it's Red Hat Enterprise Linux. Okay, so I I must have forgotten that what what is Red Hat based on then? What's the Red Hat's its own thing then, right? If is it if there's some backstory, I don't know it. As far as I know, it's just its own distribution of Linux. They do things their way. Debian does things their way. Okay. And Red Hat Enterprise Linux has uh, the free version of it is CentOS. Um, it's evolved into this enterprise product. Well, yeah, there's multiple Red Hat derived versions of Linux, like Fedora, and then I think yep. SUS isn't SUS Red Hat based too. Yeah, like, SUS is uh, like a German version of it. Okay. I just didn't know what the underlying. I don't know where Red Hat came from originally. I don't know if it was BSD really or either. no. It's definitely Linux, but okay. they just have a different, uh, like a little bit different philosophy behind where files go. Like on FreeBSD, uh, all the user installed stuff goes into user local bin, and then Red Hat. Uh, I don't really know what their philosophy is. And on Debian, the devs don't give a shit about user local bin. If you want to use that as your primary config for a lot of things. So you have to just modify the slash etc directory and replace your SSH config directly, like an animal. And on FreeBSD, it's just all user local, etc. or whatever. So it reads from there first. And then it would read the system one that was built in if you didn't have a custom config. I think the FreeBSD okay. way is really, really clean. But anyway, Amazon Linux is great because 10 years of support. That's awesome. 
you can build a product, ship it out there and not have to touch it for years. Yeah, that's nice. I'm just consulting the book of knowledge real quick on Red Hat, I'm trying to see if it's yeah, and then based on any existing uh, IBM bottom bought Red Hat, and Red Hat took over the Ansible project, which is the configuration management tool that I like. I actually took when I uh, when I was going to community college. I actually took a Red Hat class when I was going there when they still offered it. This is like 2007 or 2008. Yeah, I did one semester of it and then I didn't care anymore. <laughs> I didn't care anymore. Did they make that. you uh, work with SE Linux and whitelist certain paths? No, they wanted us to use uh, just, just the actual Red Hat distro. Um, and it was a lot of, uh, from what I remember, it was just learning the core elements of working within the OS. It wasn't anything in depth. It was kind of like just scraping the top, but it was interesting that they actually had a class on it. Cause I don't know if, if you were to go to any college now, let alone community college, I don't know if they're going to have any red hat classes. It's very specific. Cause who do you find? Like how many instructors do you think that are out there that are, gonna teach just that one specific version let alone linux in general but just that one specific version of linux you know i could see them doing that if they got some course material from red hat but a lot of times people are just adept in a particular distribution if they work with large enterprise customers a lot of times they're dealing with red hat hmm and I'm considering uh, moving some things to it just so I can get that extra long support on Amazon Linux. But it's a big undertaking, and I think I'd just be better off moving stuff between Debian and FreeBSD. Yeah. That's pretty much what everything is now. It's it's either Debian or FreeBSD. There's so many Ansible playbooks out there that have pre-configured things set up for me to roll out whatever it is, uh, Nextcloud, um, different uh, stuff like private bin, like a paste bin service. And they're all based around some Linux distro more so than any FreeBSD Ansible playbooks. So I don't want to fight it. So I'm just rolling out all these Ubuntu installs that I can deploy all those Ansible playbooks on. It's just easier. I yeah. can't hire somebody to write FreeBSD versions of everything. Plus there's a bunch of changes going on there. And sometimes I like to uh, deploy those things inside of a jail. And I don't have any easy way to determine what path an Ansible playbook would take to go traverse the jail. But speaking of Nextcloud, in TrueNAS Core, it's kind of a pre-release, they have a built-in Nextcloud plugin that starts up a Nextcloud jail. And oh, they got a bunch of other stuff too. Let's see. 
couch potato. Isn't that like a newsbin thing? Newsbin and torrent downloader. So I guess you put in a TV show and it downloads it for you. Yeah, I remember couch potato. There was another one too. Uh, uh, Saban, Saban ZBD. And there was something called, I think it was called sick beard or slick beard, something like that. It was similar. There's radar, sonar. Those are also here. Sick beards in here somewhere. Sick beard, yeah, that was it. Sick chill, Sabin ZBD. I'm not saying sick beard. I'm saying son- sick sonar chill. also. R torrent. Private Ben. Open VPN. I think Sickbeard was the one that I used when I was um, still messing with news groups and um, yeah, when I was delving with all that stuff. It's been a long time. I haven't done anything with news groups since it's probably been almost a decade. We used to have a segment on the show. Sort of. You would talk about that stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, eight years ago. That sounds about right. There's a sync thing. Plugin. They call them plugins, but they are IOKH jails. And the beauty of that is I can take this private bin one or sick chill and then I can export it as a disk image and then uh, I can pay um, King servers in Bitcoin for a server in Russia. And then I can import this jail onto one of their servers and have some Russian server download TV shows for me. Nice. I haven't done that. But I have used King servers and their server came pre-hacked, so I don't recommend it for anybody. (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah, I remember talking about that. There was a previous show we were doing where you were talking about that. It looked like it was compromised from the very start. It totally was. In the authorized key file, there were (coughs) keys for somebody named Igor and some other Eastern (laughs) European name. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, fuck those guys. Maybe if I paid month to month with Bitcoin, so when the server ends up giving me trouble, I can just tell them to fuck themselves. But I prepaid the whole year. So I was stuck with it. And I kept turning it off, and they kept turning it back on. So I was battling Hmm. with whoever hacked that. Somebody hacked their whole control panel for the whole company. Yeah, fuck them. Did you ever play any of the old CNC games? Command, Command and Conquer. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. They're re. Red they're released. They're rela- uh, releasing next week a remastered collection of the, the original acting CNC. was so bad. Oh, it was terrible. It was live action. Yeah. I remember all that. that was I thought great. that was, was so weird. It was weird, but it was great at the same time. Um, but yeah, they're, they're releasing a remastered collection 
Uh, actually, no, it comes out tomorrow. It's pretty cool. It's all 4K textures. Well, not those videos. I love to. My favorite CNC game was Tiberian Sun. Oh was my one, god, the video is so bad. Tiberian Sun was the shit. I played. A, I, I actually played that before I played StarCraft 2. Or StarCraft, I mean, not StarCraft 2. It was way before StarCraft 2. Um, because StarCraft came out in like 90, 98 or 99. Cause Tiberian Sun, Tiberian Sun was ninety. Okay. So maybe Tiberian Sun was after. I guess I played both around the same time. There was something about the, the CNC games though, that I liked. I, I liked, I think it was the, um, the, the way that you would build your, like you would lay out your bases and stuff like that. It was similar but different. The thing StarCraft had better units though, like the way that you would um it was just more sci it was more uh high concept sci-fi versus CNC games were kind of like more like if military was in outer space. CNC games were like if everything was all Terran. I guess that's yeah. how I'm looking at it. Whereas StarCraft, you had like the actual alien races that were unique and different. But um, I'm yeah, nostalgic looking at this. It's funny. Uh, they're showing the 4K texture versus the original, and I just assumed that that's what they looked like. But they show the original. And each vehicle was only like maybe 10 pixels. Yeah, the the texture upgrades are pretty good. Looks pretty sharp. I bet this is like when you play the original StarCraft and you realize, or or the best example I think is when you play... Um, Goldeneye on the N64 and you realize what a piece of shit that game was. <laughs> that is the most yeah. disappointing game to play a second time or to play now. It's very, but that was like 96, 95 or 96. Shit. That was so old. Garbage. Yeah. The pencil gun actually looked like a pencil. Yeah. I mean, it was we called it an AK. Gun. Yeah. The yeah. AK. There was no crosshairs either. It was just like you kind of like just yeah, auto aim everywhere. Yeah. Can you see the target? Then you can shoot it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna play this. It's not like there's a Mac version anyway, so it's only on Windows. Yeah. Speaking of GeForce Now, what a disappointment that is! I canceled my uh, premium subscription with them. It's not like you ever played it. I tried to use it. You aspired to use it. Literally none of the fucking games that I want to play were on it anymore by the time I started using it. That part is true, yeah. They yeah, moved they a lot. Remove games left and right. And they don't give any justification for it either. Probably some licensing shit. Well, they're gonna have a problem because that service is not gonna be viable. What else would I use? 
that Google service? Stadia, yeah. Isn't that vaporware? Yeah, that's what it looks like at this point. But I think they have a bigger game ca- catalog than GeForce Now does. I've really considered downloading. I, I looked back in time on our show notes, and I noticed in 2014 we talked about this. I've really considered going through the trouble, but it, it really ultimately is too much work. Going through the trouble of installing Parsec on a GCP or AWS instance, a Windows instance, and then starting up some kind of beast that cost me like several dollars per hour uh, just so I can stream games. Any game I want. Yeah. That's what Parsec does. That service is also trying to pivot and becoming some kind of web streaming platform. Or just run another Linux machine with wine. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. I do have a Linux machine coming that I ordered in March and it still hasn't shipped. It's called a Pinebook Pro. Yeah, we talked about it numerous times. I know. I'm still fucking waiting for it. It says it's supposed to ship June 5th at the latest. tomorrow. Yeah, good luck. You may receive it in the next uh, month. Speaking of disappearing laptops, my MacBook Pro, I still don't have it. I dropped it off coincidentally less than 24 hours before the Apple store is closed. And that was like March something. And it's been gone this entire time and it never got repaired. Have you reached out to Apple support since then to see where the fuck it is? Yeah. Uh, like 70 days into it, they decided to actually ship it out after 70 days. 70 days. Not seven. 70 without a computer. And uh, then they they increased the repair cost because, I don't know, something about the motherboard. I think they thought, my guess, they didn't tell me at all what it was. I bet one of the ports, the display ports, was kind of flaky. So like, okay, we have to replace the whole motherboard because procedure, you know. And that's that repair would cost more than the value of the laptop. So Did you, no. uh, no, you should have done is you should have said that this is costing you time and money because that's your work machine and it's unacceptable. They haven't, uh, completed the repair within the time frame that it's been and you demand that they replace the motherboard for free. It's got to turn into an asshole. See what happens. Cause you're probably better off doing that than just waiting around, hoping that they actually do something. So they're basically, you're waiting for them to send you back a still faulty unit at this point yeah yeah it's unacceptable i would say why are you why is this taking so long for me to get back my faulty unit that you didn't repair i'm losing time and money uh i I don't want this nice Email, no, it's not stressful. You're not, it, it, you could just lie. Just say that you're I, losing I've already time got a new money. computer coming. 
Yeah. So I might. I might attempt it. So you're rewarding them with more money by buying another one of their machines. And they're dragging their feet, sending you back the one that they should have repaired, but they didn't. It's unacceptable. You know, by being a paying customer, I have probably more leverage, so. Yeah, just email them, say, you took too long to send me back my machine. I just spent two grand on a brand new MacBook. You should repair the motherboard in this. Look at Alan. His iPhone wasn't covered under warranty because he waited forever to get the screen replaced on it. And he went back to like, what do you go to like three different Apple stores complaining? And they told him they want to repair it. And finally they did. You just got to be persistent. All right. I'll, uh, just be a Karen, be a I'll, Karen and, and they'll, they'll probably fix it for you. I'll write I'll up some ankle biter emails. I mean, you're working from home. You got, you got time to type up an email like that. I got more important things to do is what I got. Yeah, but you could still do that. You could find time to do that. I will. I'll do it for you. Okay. It'd be a good I'll, show I'll material. Sign I'll sign it, Karen. Because then I could tell you I told you so. If they actually if they actually ended up putting a bo new board in it and sending it to you, I could that'd give me great satisfaction because I told <laughs> you to do it. <laughs> and it'd be for your benefit. Yeah, I, I get a twenty fourteen paperweight. No brand new. Brand new 2014 paperweight that you could probably sell for $500 or $600. If I stand it upright. Your, that'd pay for your AWS bill for this month. If I, if I stand it upright, I can hold the door open. Yeah. There is some Craig, Craigslist fob out there that would give you 500 or 600 bucks for that. Certainly. Also not worth my time. But if it comes to that, I'll let you know and make sure that... Uh, well, no, I was going to say, maybe, whatever, we got to talk about this off the air. Can't right. talk about this on the air. That's it. Okay. Bringyourwallet.com slash contact for feedback and suggestions. Bringyourwallet.com slash donate to support the show and share the show. See you next week. Sayonara.